1: I hope wherever you are, you're feeling pretty awesome. Um, before we move on to our episode, I wanted to just give you a little quiet sneak peek at the new um, the new stuff for the podcast. I'm so excited! I just wanted to play a little bit of the music for you. So I don't know if you're going to be able to hear it, but you just tell me what you think. Check it out. <coughs>
0: Okay, you got that?
1: <laughs> so fun. I can't wait. So, okay, let's get back to the episode. All right, so here we are with The Gift um, by Hafez. And don't worry, Hafez is not going anywhere. We're just spicing it up a little bit in the podcast. Okay, so here we go. Roulette of poems. Today is... Like passionate lips. There are so many positions of love, each curve on a branch, the thousand different ways your eyes can embrace us, the infinite shapes your mind can draw, the spring orchestra of sense, the currents of light combusting like passionate lips, the evolution of existence's skirt whose folds contain other worlds. Your every sigh that falls against his inconceivable omnipresent body. Ooh, how's that for a little ecstatic divine love, man. All right. So if you've been following the podcast, you've been listening for a while, you know that Hafez is hot for the divine, like really like, ooh, yeah. um, Ecstatic, ecstatic, ecstatic love. And I'm going to tell you, divine love is something else. It is like set you on fire while you don't burn kind of feeling. Um, it's so good. And I wish for that kind of experience for everybody, even if it's just like five minutes. Although when you experience that five minute blip, you're like, I want more. And it's just so good. It's so good. And so nourishing. Um, so Havez is talking about this hot relationship with the divine with the universe because there is so much beauty so much passion in the world whether we see that world or not he talks about each curve on a branch I mean how many of you have looked at a tree and thought of it as a curve I mean he's talking I mean he sets us up right in the poem the first stanza is there are so many positions of love so when you talk about that and the, and then the title is like Passionate Lips, you're already like, ooh,
0: hot stuff, steamy,
1: right? Each curve of a branch already has sexual innuendo. I mean, how's that for poetry set up? You know, I should tell my students, my poetry writing students, this is how you set up your reader to read your lines in a certain way. Um, The thousand different ways your eyes can embrace us. Like, wow. Oh, you ever get that look from somebody you, or somebody who totally loves you and adores you? Maybe you don't even know it, but they, they look at you and, and you're just like, what? (laughs) Like, do I have something on my face? You know, that kind of thing. They look at you with such adoring eyes and, and such love that feels so vast and endless and limitless and so amazing and enveloping and that is how hafez feels god looking at us looking at him and he's just describing all these these things that are present in our current world in mother nature i mean the spring orchestra of scents like just think about spring and how many different scents you can smell how many different flowers are blooming trees are blooming i mean yeah we got allergies and stuff but whatever you get the idea. It's a spring orchestra. How beautiful. Amazing. And the revolution of existence's skirt. So all of existence, the universe has a skirt that spins round and round. And in the folds of those skirt, other worlds, other universes, other dimensions. I mean, just yeah, I don't know. I just love that's such a great poem. Such a hot love like oh my god kind of poem in the divine sacred way and this is one of the things that um i'd like for us to reclaim is to think about passionate love and lovemaking as active of as a sacred action um too much human intervention has sort of degraded the divine union of people. And I think it's time for us to reclaim it, make it sacred again. Right. And it's all about intention. So when you go out with your loved one or actually in, because <laughs> you're not going out unless you do the PDA thing, you know, public disabilities, affection, nothing wrong with that. But to see if you can, Hold the intention to make it sacred and how that energy might shift. While you try it, you get back to me. Let me know. I'd love to hear how that will shift anything that you do. All right. And then for those of us who maybe don't have a partner to express physical affection and love or devotion, why not try to set intentions of sacred action in everything you do. Brushing your teeth is sacred. Combing your hair is sacred. Driving to the grocery store is sacred. And I know, you know, based on my experience with being a Catholic and going to mass every Sunday, that routines become rote. And when things become rote, they start to lose their energetic vibe. There, I want to say, but that's not even a word, is it? <laughs> They're sparkle, you know? So how can you make each moment new over and over again? How can you make that sacred intention with newness every time? That's the challenge right? I mean, we could just brush our teeth every every day, every morning, noon, and night, what, however often you brush your teeth. Now, you know, the dentist say to brush twice a day, right? <laughs> um, thinking about that, right? So you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you're probably half asleep. Set the intention. This is a sacred act. I'm caring for the temple of my soul. I'm caring for the teeth that break down the food that nourish me that nourish this body. And I hold this body sacred. And then see what happens, you know, and then after a week or so, you might start to get tired of it. Well, you're just like, oh, here we go. Can I make it sacred? I'm just like, it's just teeth. But that's the challenge, right? That's the, that's the growth edge. How can you take a practice that you have and keep it new? I'm asking this question because I'm currently in a 30 day commitment to practice breathwork every day and i've got um i've got a group of people a little group text of people that i met uh in training did breathwork training with da- david elliot back in uh, last month at omega institute in upstate new york amazing place by the way if you ever want to look for uh nourishing space for retreat, even just individual retreat, not like I'm going to go with a group of people and go on a retreat, just, you know, for yourself, highly recommend it. It's, it's awesome. So during this week of breathwork training, I was um, connected with 34 people, 34 souls who were all so beautiful. And so we decided we wanted to stay in touch because when you do soul work with people, you just make that connection pretty strongly. And to end the week, um, and be like, wait, how do we, how do we keep our connection? I decided, Hey, why not practice breath work for a month? Just to see what happens, what effects that can bring, what kind of shifts that can initiate. And so I'm used to doing 40 day practices. You know, I commit my My kundalini yoga practices every 40 days, whether it's a meditation or breath work or a physical practice of of a Kriya, of a set of exercises, I am used to committing to 40 days. So 30 days, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And so that's one piece. The other piece is breath work is powerful. It is, how do I explain it? it? It really gets you into your body and out of your head. So there's no thinking that can, I mean, thinking can happen, but there's a lot happening with the body. You were bringing, I mean, it's, it's, you're just breathing. There's a certain pattern to the breath though. So what happens is that your, bo- your bloodstream gets oxygenated very quickly and the effects of that are awesome. You know, you feel like, you know, <laughs> my friend Veronica said, I felt like God just came in and vacuumed. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's the best metaphor because it and it feels accurate. So um, what happens is, you know, as you're doing this, this specific style of breathing, you start to focus on what's happening in the body energetically that your mind is can't, you know, doesn't have a chance to think. I mean, yeah, maybe every once in a while a thought will come in and be like, oh, did I turn the stove off? Oh, did I turn off the iron? Oh, I have to pick up the kids. They're not as frequent, though. The thoughts will come in sort of like a little drip here, a little drip there. But once you get into the flow of the practice, the breathwork practice, forget it. It's all over. Like there's no thinking at all. It's just you and your breath and a lot of releasing, releasing unhealed trauma, unknown trauma, known trauma, pain points, um, things, beliefs, mindsets that are holding us back a lot of things. And what I love about breath work is that it feels like magic because it gets all the things you don't even have to know what is weighing you down. You don't have to know intentionally what you need to release. It just does it for you. It's really cool. Um, so when I first practiced breath work, I was like, wow, wow. What happened? You know? And then, um, and then I practiced breathwork another time. But it was, there was a lot of time between those sessions. And I was like, oh, I'd forgotten the magic of this thing. That's so cool. All right. And then I um, was enrolled in a program earlier this year. One of the components of the program was breathwork. And um, my mentor had offered breathwork sessions. I believe it was uh, every other week or something like that. And I was excited because I love the after like I love the effects after the session. Didn't like going. Didn't like going into it. You know, there was resistance there for sure. I was like, oh, oh my god, breathwork. The first like part of it is always so like, Mah. but I was like, but I love the end, the result. So I'm just gonna go and do it. You know. So I'd always have this build up of like, ah, uh, here we go. Uh. But then I talked to um, my friend Jessica, who's a breathwork facilitator. And she said to me something that I thought was really like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> she said, you know, breath work doesn't have to be um, hard. That's, that's not exactly what she said. This is what she said. She said, healing can be gentle. And I was like, oh, healing can be gentle. I didn't think about that. So, since then, I have been using that as a way into the breath work. Healing can be gentle. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be these like full, like screaming releases of like, ah, oh, I'm releasing, ah. Oh, you know, it didn't have to. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be gentle. And I was like, great. Okay, I'm going to think about that. But I still felt that resistance of going into a breath work session. I was like, all right, here we go. I was always bracing myself. And so then she said, Well, if you do it every day, you just make a routine out of it or a practice of it, maybe your ego won't get so worked up about it. And I was like, Hmm, let me try that. She's amazing. So I did. I set aside, I think it was like a three, four, five day period right before I was leaving for training. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this because I want to sort of get prepared, whatever that means, because you can never prepare for these kinds of healing trainings that you don't know what's going to happen. You just, you're fooling yourself when you try to prepare. But I was like, all right, let's just like get a feel for the breath work without resistance kind of thing. So the first day I just had the usual like, ah, here comes breath work. I'm bracing myself for like whatever powerful thing might come through. And then the next day I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just, I just got up at the same time. And I said, okay, I'm going to just lie down and breathe. No big deal. And that was very gentle. I was like, huh, that was nice. Same thing on um, the third day and the fourth day. I was like, okay, I'm starting to see like, you know, they weren't exactly the same in terms of experiences, but I was, I was less resistant to drop in, into the breath work. So then I go to, um, the training and feel the resistance all over again. I'm like, "Oh, what is this?" you know. And so the week was very much a journey, we'll say, where there's these little waves of of energy of like, "This is so great. This really sucks. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here." You know, <laughs> just going up that hill until I kind of reached this 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 height of like oh, I get it now. I see like what my ego is doing. I see how I am really holding on to my old ways. And so I'm just going to let go and then just like come down that hill. And it was so beautiful. You know, the, the breathwork sessions I had towards the second half of the week were really amazing. Um, they were powerful, but they weren't, powerful in the, I need to scream into a pillow kind of way. There have been those kinds of sessions for sure, but these were very gentle. And I was like, oh, healing can be gentle. How about that? So good to know. So good to know. So fast forward to the present day. We are currently on day nine of our 30 day challenge practice. I don't want to call it a challenge because it gives, it sets up this idea of like hard, no, 30 day practice. Um, We're on day nine. And what I noticed yesterday is, so with breath work, you have the option to do the practice with or without music. And for me, I prefer music because I don't want to have to worry about time. Because there's a certain time that you commit to the practice in order to get a certain results. You know, like if you only, you know, do the br- the breath work for you know, like five minutes, you're not really going to get into it. But when you're in a meditative state, it's very hard to keep track of time. Time becomes non-existent. Actually, it just becomes this like space, this vast space. It's really cool. And so how would you want to be taken out of that timed period? Do you want an alarm dinging at you or do you want a playlist to end? <laughs> I choose B, playlist to end. So of course the music will influence to some degree my experience of the breathwork session. And so there are options to create a playlist with lyrics, without lyrics. I have a friend from that group. His name is Frank. Hi, Frank, if you're listening. He made a, a really amazing playlist that had mostly instrumental songs but maybe three songs with lyrics interspersed so there was a nice balance there um but generally speaking i tend to like having lyrics um what i find is that it it actually activates portals for me to go into it's like oh yeah that's that's where i'm going to go okay um it's very helpful for me and um and so yeah so yesterday I uh, decided to listen to a playlist I had created and listened to last week because I really love the songs in there. So I was like, all right, we'll do this playlist again. So I'm doing the breath work, doing the breath work. And what I noticed by the end of it was that I had set up an expectation for what was going to happen during the session and after. I set up an expectation for the thing that I wanted to release Or yeah, I was expecting to release XYZ and that didn't happen. (laughs) And so I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. And then I also felt myself sort of drifting away from the present moment, from being in the body. The mind was starting to not take over, but just sort of pull me away into this other space. It's just not in the present, in the physical body. And so I felt myself having to bring myself back a few times, which hasn't happened up until this point. So I said, huh, that's interesting too. So what I noticed, and I share this with my group, what I noticed is that when there's expectation, there is a closed door. What happens when you set up an expectation is that you, you just close the door and, and close yourself into a room. And close the door with your expectations. And so it's like the universe is like, oh, that's your expectation. Okay, you and your expectations can just hang out there. All the cool stuff is out here. And when you're ready to play and come explore some fun, unexpected things, just open the door and come on out. And so I was like, oh, okay. There is information there for me. You know, I mean, I will say in my head, my, my old self popped up and said, what a waste of session! <laughs> you know, waste of time, waste of session, because you put expectations on, you decide to play an old playlist, like, come on, we don't have time for this, you know, and, um, I thought that was also interesting. <laughs> I was able to observe that and, and notice without judgment, oh, okay, this is what my ego is saying. Um, but that's okay. That's cool. If we want to, we can do a second breathwork session and, and change it up a little bit, play a new playlist, and then it'll be cool. It'll be fine. You know, everything is information. Everything is a learning experience, even if it's something that is not... I was going to say not pleasant to eat, even though it's a little bit bitter. Um, So yeah, what I've learned. And this is, this is the, the journey. This is like why we're here is to evolve for our spirits to continually learn lessons that we didn't learn in previous lives, didn't learn in childhood. And so With the learning of these lessons, we become better people, become better spirits, become more connected with each other, more connected as a collective, and more connected to source. That's why we're doing all this, right? Um, So yeah, I'm learning still, and probably will continue to learn for the whole time that I'm here on this planet in this specific body. And what I do appreciate is that I'm aware enough not to pass judgment on my little self, on my ego self, because this is part of the process. So I'm learning along the way. And I want to tell you, maybe just even two years ago, I would just be like, Oh, come on, you know? So in turn like relatively speaking i think i've been developing pretty fast <laughs> we are in the aquarian age right <laughs> so that is what i would like for you to consider in your own lives how have you grown over the past year even you know over the past year and a half when pandemic started how have you evolved what lessons have you learned have you been able to incorporate those lessons into your life? And if not, why not? And it's not a, it's not a judgment question. It's not a like, why the hell not? No, it's more taking a look at the reasons. Like it's a genuine question. Taking a look at the reasons of, yeah, why have you not incorporated that lesson? Like, you know, the lesson you're, you're aware of it. What is stopping you from incorporating and integrating that into your life? You know, you could be honest. I mean, You're the, you're the only one that has to answer to you, right? You could say, well, it's because I'm so busy, blah, 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 blah. But your higher self is like, yeah, we know we've, we've heard that response before. Maybe you're just not ready. So there's this, um, method called seven questions, seven levels of questions, something like that. I don't know. It's, it's something that some tool that, that they use in the coaching world. Um, and it's funny, I never even knew that that was a thing that was just, that, that, that was a name of a thing. I just asked the questions naturally. (laughs) It's like, okay, here's, here's a question. And then you answer me. And then I ask a question, okay, well, what's behind that? And then what's behind that? And what's the root of that? And so on and so forth. Right? So the idea is to create an invitation to look deeper. To look beyond the answers that you know, because we don't know what we don't know until we start to press against that bubble of knowledge that we do know. Does that make sense? So when you look at your practices, whether it's a yoga practice, spiritual practice, meditation practice, writing practice... Ask yourself if you're engaging it with intention, with a sense of sacredness. Again, it doesn't have to be um, a spiritual practice. It could just be washing dishes. You know, that's a practice. I know for me, um, before I I started my journey into yoga at, at a deeper level than just, you know, going to yoga class at a gym. I know that washing dishes actually was meditative for me at the time. I didn't know that, but looking back, it was like, oh, I really enjoyed washing dishes and loading the dishwasher and, you know, just sort of being at the sink and doing this thing with such care and attention, you know, like there was something about that ritual that soothed me. And I really, I don't know. I really loved it. Um, and I still do. But I try to recruit my kids to help out because, you know, they need to learn how to take care of themselves. And they get practice here before they're actually adults out in the world. But they don't appreciate it. (laughs) They will. Just not right now. Um, But anyway, yeah. So to think about your practices and how you can be really mindful, really intentional about how you do them, how you practice them. Because that will open up other layers of knowing for you, as well as another layer of self-awareness. So you can identify the layers that aren't you, you know, in human design, it said, by the way, I love human design. If you want to talk about human design, drop me an email and tell me we will talk all day about it. You know, I will get you on the show. We'll do a whole episode on human design. I mean I love love it, love it, love it. Anyway, according to human design, we are born perfect. At the moment we are born, we are actually living our design because we don't have any conditioning. We don't have that fear of survival yet. I mean, when I say like at the moment, like that split second of like, oh, you're here. It's like, oh, I'm perfect. And I know it. And it's awesome. And then then the ego kicks in like two seconds later, maybe a split second later. It's like, oh, shit, I'm not in the womb anymore. Wait, why is it bright out here? Oh, my God. I'm not in my little like safe space. I'm going to freak out. And then that's when the conditioning starts. So part of the process of evolution is to peel back those layers, is to really get down to who you are at your essence. And when you engage in your practices with intention, and you do it in a way that feels sacred, you start to see those artificial layers fall away naturally, because you're tapping into your divine self. And that divine self, that light start, starts to brighten. And then these false layers just kind of like peel away and fall away like the, um, the dry layers of an onion. Right. When you leave an onion out and it ripens, each layer becomes papery. Right. And so it just kind of falls away. So if you're wondering, you know, why the heck am I doing all these things? For what purpose? You know, some people say enlightenment but what is enlightenment actually? Like, what does that mean? Everyone has a different definition and understanding of it. I just think it means that you get back to you, that you get back to your divine light in light in mint. I know cheesy, corny, but whatever. That just came to me. I had to say it. Sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> I just follow, you know, I just follow my heart. I follow the intuitive hits. I am guided for sure. So when something comes to mind and it wants to fall out of my mouth, I'm trying to practice not keeping it in to just let it come out. Because more often than not, when I say something, even if I second guess and I say it anyway, I was like, well, oh, it just came out. I got to say it. Those are the moments when someone hears it and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you just said that because I was thinking that. Or, oh my God, that was the thing that I needed to hear. Thank you. You know, so you never know, which is why I continue to podcast because I love, love sharing what I've learned over this time. I love sharing my experiences because I know that there are people out there who are looking, who are seeking for. Guidance for answers for anything to not feel alone, you know. And my hope is that by broadcasting my stories out there, the person who needs to hear me will connect. Because I, you know, I believe in divine timing, I believe that the universe will guide people to where they need to be, to the information they need, always. It took me a while to come to that. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, girlfriend, maybe, but not for me. If you're thinking that, it's okay. That's where you are in your journey. But just keep trusting. Keep trusting that things will unfold as they need to. Because we don't see the big picture. Right now, all we see is about like one inch, one square inch of a gigantic mural of the universe so imagine you're like in the bottom left corner and you're inside we're all inside a square inch of this huge canvas that is the universe you can't see what's on the upper right hand corner you don't know what's over there you don't even know like the map that the universe has ready for us yeah we got we got free will You know, the map is there. We can choose to be guided on that map. We can also choose to take a left turn, even though our heart's pulling us right. And then you learn. You get information on that left turn. You're like, oh, no, yeah, I was supposed to turn right. This left turn, not so good. (laughs) Not where I wanted to go. All right, let me make a U-turn. Let's go back. So that is it, my friends. I feel like I could just continue on, but there are other things we need to discuss and i do want to um, i don't know i just i don't know I just, I just lost my train of thought okay well my friends listen i'm very excited for this new uh, version this revamping of the podcast it's going to be you know same content me talking and getting guests on oh my god i have so many cool guests that i that i that i'm that i've invited I can't wait. I can't wait to share them with you. Um, But I do want to get excited about the revamp too. So it'll still be the same channel, same time, just slightly different name, a new look, and some new music. That's it. Everything else is going to be cool. All right, my friends, until next time, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you.
0: Namaste. Healing is so necessary for women writers of color. Whether we know it or not, our traumas hold us back from expressing and becoming our truest selves. How can we be more present to this? How can we create new ways of understanding our hurts so that we can heal them and step into our life's purpose with radiance? Follow me on Instagram for messages of healing and support as you walk this journey that brings you home to yourself. Find me at this handle, at Surya Gyan Yogi, S U R Y A G I A N Y O G I, or visit my website to learn more at suryagyan.com. Your best healed life starts now.